0: Uh, Dima loves alchemists, and she loves Bonanza, and this guy loves alchemists and Bonanza, so uh, he's like, "Oh, we'll set up a day. We'll play alchemists and Bonanza." I'm like, "Perfect. Let me know, and we'll schedule Scholastic Bean Day. Scholastic Bean Day, or you can you can call it a Bad Games Day, <laughs> because the, tell the, me, the, tell me, you're still recording." <laughs> Because these are, are really bad games.
1: Of course I'm still recording.
0: No, no. All right. I'm going to trade you two sheep for that work Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Because all I really want to do is take away longest road from you, yeah. Welcome to these Tabletop Sessions. Welcome the. welcome the. welcome to these Tabletop Sessions. Hello, fellow gregarious geeks and gamers, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast. This is your monthly dose of tabletop gaming stories and shenanigans. My name is Elias, and with me is the Never Say Me, Never unwelcome, legacy-inspiring Hippocratishnia. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Hippo. The
1: reason you're listening to this podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, I know that. <laughs> I think when I did the, uh, the, the, the poll to see, like, you know, what people like. I didn't put a, a question, which is, who's your favorite host? Because that's kind of rude. But when I did it at the end, I was like, "What do you like about the podcast?" Like three people wrote in, "Epo." <laughs>
1: so, I was yeah. like, "Well, yeah, right, well, that made it yeah. clear." So, I still and then Im- Kevin
0: went and like ranked us. He's like, "My favorite is Epo, then you." <laughs> I'm like, "Really? Like it's kind of offensive." Like- <laughs>
1: but but I like that three people like really voted about. It. I mean, I still remember asking my
0: parents to vote for this and. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Your parents and, and Kevin. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lena wouldn't do it, right? Never. <laughs> Lena would pick Dima. Be, so, would be her least favorite. <laughs> oh, man. So how have you been? How's uh, how's your gaming life been recently?
1: My gaming life, uh, I think I said the same thing in the last episode, but uh, then I I thought... Uh, like I, I gave a little thought on this, and I was thinking, after two months playing hegemony, I didn't want to play any heavy games. So for for a month, I was just playing small—I wouldn't say silly, but you know, light games. I was uh, like, I mean, I was in denial didn't pl- of playing. did you play games. Zulcan?
0: Pretty sure you played Zulcan.
1: That's true. So you, you consider Jolking a heavy game, right? No,
0: but no, not heavy, but not light and silly. So
1: Yes, that's true. I mean, Jolking was really fun. And uh, I wanted to play it once more, and I, wa- uh, I would like to play it once more and then uh, talk about it maybe in the a, in a next episode. Uh, I'm glad our top
0: five inspired you to get it back to the table. That was nice. Yeah. And- um, because you literally like three days after our episode came out, you send a picture of yourself and the guys playing Zolka, and it's we possible.
1: enjoyed it so much.
0: That's nice.
1: It's really better than playing it in Board Game Arena, which 100 percent. Where I have played like uh, I don't know thirty games. He played a lot. <laughs> I had like and uh, Dimitris. We were playing like uh, continuously for for uh, uh, some time. I guess during the pandemic or early pandemic. Uh, Did you play anything else interesting? And I also played hegemony again after the three months, ma- two or three months, I don't know what, what's the gap exactly. Uh, two days ago, I think it's. I think it's been like two weeks. <laughs> I played it. <laughs> I played it two days ago. It was excellent. It was amazing. Uh, and one reason was that I won by one point, <laughs> which was totally you unexpected. Finally,
0: won again. I'm so proud. Yeah,
1: it's the middle class this time.
0: Well done, well done, well
1: done. And also, we taught the game to AK. Basically, he taught himself by watching a video, but he was excellent. Yes, as...
0: that was that was very nice of
1: you. <laughs> he was excellent as a first-time capitalist. He was amazing, I have to say. Anyway, it was a great wow.
0: game. AK, you're amazing. Words from from uh... Yeah, I mean, we've uh... been we've been playing a bunch of stuff. Uh... I uh, finished the leg of our D&D campaign because our DM is about to have a child. So we kind of like <laughs> had to get that wrapped up. <laughs> so we we had an in-person D&D sc- session all day. It was great. Got it wrapped up. A lot of stuff involving uh, putting crowbars down people's pants. And so, uh, yeah, it was a great time. So DM, uh, DM is like
1: uh, the god in uh, D&D games.
0: Yes, so now we have the son, son of, of the
1: god or the, exactly, of the god. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's coming to Earth. Finally. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> Finally, the chosen one. Uh, yeah, we play, I played Gloomhaven a few times, three times, I think. Uh, I played Space Alert a couple times, Nemesis Lockdown. I played On Mars. More about all this coming up. Just letting you guys know, we've had a few games played in between. And uh, the coolest thing for me is I just finished wrapping up on Tuesday a job. Uh, I don't know how many of you knew, but I am a voice actor and audiobook narrator You profession. sound like a voice actor. <laughs> the reason my voice sounds kind of <laughs> fucked, though, is because I had a lot of sessions to finish this up in about a week. And I... So, so I work with this company called Graphic Audio, and they do, like, multicast projects, right? So, like, they cast multiple narrators, each one to play a different character, and then you voice, and it's a movie in your mind. Right. And I was just looking through upcoming projects because I do basically weekly work for them. And I was looking through upcoming projects or, or recently released projects. And I saw that they had released the first book of the Twilight Imperium book series. And I was like, uh, excuse me, I was not in that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's no so, way. So I emailed, I looked up, I clicked on it, I checked who the director was. And I was like, "All right, Ken. I've worked with Ken like seven times." I was like, "All right," so I email Ken. I'm like, "Listen, I love Twilight Imperium. <laughs> so I don't know what you had planned or what's going on, but I'd love it if you could include me in some way, even just as a expert consultant." <laughs> and I don't think he
1: can. He can find somebody else, like in your field. Probably not closer
0: no. to. It. <laughs> so. So then he comes back and he goes, oh, it's great to know, thanks. And then, like, a few days later, I get an email. Elias, I'm wondering if you're willing to do an audition for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I'm willing to do an audition for you. Then he sends me the main character of the third book in the series, The Veiled Masters, a fucking Hakan, an Emirates (laughs) of Hakan guy called Tarak. And I, 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 I auditioned for it, and I got the part. And I'm now That's the, n- the first-person narrator of The Veiled Masters, the third book in the Twilight Imperium book series by Tim Pratt. And I voiced Tarak, the character, throughout the whole Nell. thing. And I just wrapped it up, and I'm officially <laughs> part of board game T.I. lore. Congratulations. Like, so I mean, sky's the <laughs> limit. What comes after that?
1: Maybe <laughs> the robber
0: in retirement. Settos of Gotham? Retirement. I think retirement. <laughs> 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 this is the only way to move forward is to retire because I will never. So I literally emailed him back when he cast me. Basically, he offered it to me. I sent it to all my nerd friends. I was like, I'm going to be part of the TI universe. He sends me the script. He's like, don't share it with anyone, whatever. So then I'm preparing for it because, you know, we get the script to, to work on it. And uh, I sent him an email um, just randomly. And I was like, hey, Ken, I just want to let you know. Um, you've made me very cool in some of my friends circle.
1: <laughs> so, if this becomes an animation, would you be the first choice?
0: I mean, I should be, right? I should be. <laughs> Let's oh, be honest, man. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I just wrapped on uh, on production. Um, it's now in post production, so uh, we're already files are already cleaned up. They're they're now working on music, sound effects, etc. So hopefully it should come soon within the next couple months. I'll uh, be sure to to share it once it's out so great you can uh, jump in on it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great space pulp, you know. And if you love Twilight Imperium, you know, it's fun. It's good stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's space conspiracies and empires fighting against each other. And everyone's in there from the Ex-Jah to the Hakan to the Mentak Coalition and the Federation of Sol. And it's awesome. That's so, so nice. I have narrated over fifty books so far, and this is the first one like I'm like <laughs> other than the first one I did. <laughs> this is the one that I'm like most hype about. So um excited. And it's probably it's probably like people are like, why? Is some trashy space bulb, but I'm like, yeah. No, it it's is. not. <laughs> no, I mean Speaking the, loan of is, trashy the loan space is interesting, ball, right? Yeah, I think so. It's a little, it's a little It has that game thing where it's like Hakan are all this way. All 7 billion of them are, you know, very trade oriented. And and it kind of like oversimplifies, um, character and individualism, which doesn't make for the best, like, you know, storytelling. (laughs) But what I do like about these books is they tend to focus a little bit as much as they can, um, on the Mentak coalition, like the space pirates, uh, And I think that's really cool because the Mentak, if you remember, are basically Space Australia. So it's where, like, all these prisoners from all these various races went. (laughs) Space Australia. And and then eventually they had independence. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) Space Australia is cool because then you get to – you get all these characters from different species, but they're more Mentak than they are, you know, Hakan or x or whatever. It's like they're more Australian than they were originally Dutch or – you know, Italian. I was just thinking of Michelle there, so I just described Michelle, <laughs> Dutch, <and> Austria, <laughs> and Italian, and they make yeah, their, so... their own wine and their own chocolates and everything. So exactly, they, they get their own mishmash culture that's unique and beautiful by itself. And so I like that. First, I was like, Mentec is a weird choice. Like I would go for one of the bigger, major players in the game, but uh, I think that was the right call for like individual stories and stuff. So yeah, so check that out. Twilight Imperium: The Veiled Masters. Don't get the regular version. Don't don't get that's already out. Don't get that. Wait for the uh, damn it. What what are they called? The audio version of the the graphic audio version. And uh, I believe they're called. One second, I'm checking this. I got to do shameless self-promotion. Dramatized adaptation. (laughs)
2: Oh, so when you look for it? Yes.
0: It'll say in parentheses, dramatized adaptation. Get that one. Don't get the other one. I'm in the dramatized. Life hack. <laughs> Life hack. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on our TikTok.
1: <laughs> so what um, you've been uh, playing
0: lately? Well, I've been in a very spacey mood, as you might imagine. <laughs> with, with with this Twilight Imperium, it's kind of taken over my life for the last month because, you know, reading, recording, preparing. Um, but yeah, but literally every game I've played has been about space. <laughs> and me and some friends, we uh, we we got to, we wanted to get together. They wanted to get a Nemesis Lockdown to the table, and I wanted them to try Space Alert because I knew they'd like it. So we dubbed that day Soviet Trader Day. Because the, sh- <laughs> the Space Alert ship, I'm pretty sure it's Soviet, but <laughs> based on how it runs, uh, Soviet-era tech. Um, so we had a great time, and from now on, we're going to be celebrating annually, every May, space, uh, Soviet Trader Day, in which we pick one game with something that feels Soviet, and one game that has some sort of... So wait, mechanism. wait, the ship is Soviet... And there is a traitor among
1: them, which is mm. a Soviet traitor. Traitor. Yeah, okay. An American. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as America. <laughs> no, anyway, so, I,
0: so the thing we got to deal first was Space Alert, which as you all should know, and if you don't, check yourself before you wreck yourself, by uh, Vlad Akhvatel. Check games edition. We got two plays in. These were my seventh and eighth plays of the game. I don't think I've won it yet. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> we lost both the games. So I taught them the game, which by the way, learning this game is a bear. Like it, it's not, there's a tutorial, but if you don't have two hours to kill with your friends, just to learn it before you play it, it's, you know, so I, I had to learn it by myself. Teaching. It's not super I mean, it's a bit annoying, but not as horrible yeah. as learning. Yet. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, so I didn't realize that I think the tracks are divided. Are, as you go up and... So so in this game, you're basically on a ship. If you don't know, you're on this ship. You're, you Basically, they send you out on this called uh, the uh, sitting duck class ship. And they're sending you to this area. And you just have to survive for 10 minutes. And the ship automates and jumps by itself. But so many people are dying going <laughs> to this area that they don't have enough people to train them. So they just um, really simplified operations of the ship where you just have to push a couple buttons to keep things going. <laughs> and you're just walking around the ship doing things while horrible things are happening to you and you have to survive for 10 minutes. And then if you survive, you score. And it's a co-op. So yeah, it's a co-op real time. Um, and basically you got 10 minutes to actually plan everything. And then you actually see what happens. After you've programmed all your actions, um, and your main actions are basically moving or pressing a button in the sector you're in, and there's three buttons in every sector, and each button does something different: shoots a gun, powers a shield, uh, adds more energy to your generator, moves the mouse so the screensaver doesn't turn on. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> that's the best.
1: That's the best. <laughs>
0: I like in the rule book, they say you have to move the mouse because uh, they could turn off the screensaver, but that's where their corporate sponsors image shows, and they can't afford to do this without corporate sponsorship. So, uh, <laughs> and a little a little hidden gem, their sponsor is Corporation Incorporated, which is the company that you're building ships for in Galaxy Trucker, which is another Vlade. Oh, my God nice anyway so nice i don't think i realized that the track uh basically as you go next track next track next track on the cd oh yes there's a cd which plays like all the events that are happening i don't think i realized it got more difficult as you went so i asked oh. them pick pick a track number and the i was like six so i put on six out of eight. Oh my by the god way. and it was so difficult man <laughs> we barely survived we didn't survive i'm sorry but we barely like survived in real life. Like <laughs> no, uh, we, 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 played it, and um, you know, and it, it went terribly. And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go for track two next time." So we went for track two, and then we were like, "Oh, this is so easy. There's no, there's no alerts coming in," <laughs> and we still lost. The... <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to tell you is, is a couple of stories don't get cocky right because that second game we we're playing level two we did nothing for the last two minutes because we were like oh we've resolved this everything is done <laughs> we didn't even check the cards that we played and then it turned out that we did do everything correctly except dima got her directions mixed up she was moving in the wrong direction than where she expected to be moving, which screwed up the entire (laughs) game for (laughs) everybody. So Dima, who was supposed to be handling the ship's energy generators so that we could power the guns and the shields and everything, was powering the wrong sectors the entire game. And so basically, anytime we wanted to run a gun or a shield, we couldn't because there was no (laughs) energy. So we fell apart and we lost. So don't get cocky. Check your cards if you have extra time. And it's just its just such a fun time. The guys loved it. Basically, Dimas told them, now every time they come, we're going to play a quick game of Space Alert before we start everything. And um, it's just great. You know, the first game I was... I, I, I had moved, you know, left and then down in the first, you know, time section. And then they were like, oh, no more time first time sections i pulled my cards for the second period and you can't mess with the ones you placed already and i realized oh i came all the way here and i don't have the button i need so then i spent (laughs) the next two actions going back up and to the right (laughs) so i spent four actions going left and down and then up and then right (laughs) mine is an excellent it's it's such an ingenious idea yeah matt matt went and got the uh the robot guys, what are they called? Like the the the, the bots that protect your interior of your ship. Oh. And he was walking around with them, and he's supposed to be taking care of the interior threats, right? And except he forgot to go down, and so he was just up on the upper level, <laughs> and the the, the the interior threats are in the bottom level, and he was just firing like every turn. He was just like. Just shooting nothing. Means... <laughs> How many players did you play? Four. Four. Um, it was an excellent time. Did and, you use uh, a CD player? Yeah, I have a CD player, which Man. is weird. But, I think yeah. I think
1: the, the files are uh, in BGT. Uh,
0: Ambitur- yeah, on Czech Games Edition's BGG website, you can just play the files directly. Them. And actually, I put a link on my phone in, in my note, notes app to quickly access that. I have like a little board game helpful things, uh, note. And basically just for like, cause we were, we, we were thinking about playing it at their house and I was like, yeah, there's, there's no way they have a CD player. <laughs> uh, so I, but, but, but they came over and luckily I happen to have a CD player. So, um, we did that and it was a great time. I highly recommend space alert. We've done so many times, but this just reiterated it, you know? And, um, this is not really a review you don't need a review of space alert we've put it in so many top five top three lists you can't not know that we like it we like it but it's silly fun and you know it's a great way to get a a, an, a day of gaming started you know because it it takes you from just like oh yeah how do you play this game to like oh my god Dima you're going in the wrong direction you know, <laughs> you know it, it's an old
1: game i mean it's it's more than 10 years old right I mean, that's right. I mean, it has a it's CD. From, <laughs> it's from 2008. Yeah. Uh, so. And it's strange that we don't see any new version of this concept.
0: Very true. But I think Vlada is resting on his laurels now. He's got all that code names money, you
1: know. Yeah, but I mean, not from Vlada. I mean, from, uh, from other designers. You can get this, uh, you know, programming uh, mechanism, which is like, okay, it's in many games. And you just need a co-op game with uh,
0: yeah, with audio.
1: Maybe the audio is the the strange thing about it.
0: I, I don't think so because nowadays you can just make an app, right? An app companion. Yeah. That's yeah. So And it's real time. So real time is always funny. You know, a lot of people don't like this game. And I think the reason is they they gotta go through that two hour, you know, learning session. Yeah. And it's a lot for a game. I mean, the game, literally the gameplay time is 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's right.
1: That's and, exactly. and then you resolve
0: what happens, which takes maybe 20 minutes. Right. So it's all half an hour. So two hours to learn it. Like, and it's not like a campaign. So it's not like you're, um, learning it with your, uh, I with mean, your, I was, your friends.
1: And, I was playing it as a campaign. I mean, one scenario after the other, because it's as, a scenario game. It's not say, a campaign.
0: Like they get harder. Yeah. 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 Um, All in all, I love Space Alert. I know you love Space Alert. (laughs) Dima is thrilled that I traded for it. Um, I know you wanted to send us your copy, which makes you the sweetest person in the world. But good news, you can keep your copy because (laughs) I I have my own copy. I can keep it in the the basement in Greece. (laughs) (laughs) Find Uh, better friends. If your friends don't like it, find
1: better friends. I want to say it's funny you said it's a scenario game and not a campaign game. And uh, we will talk about it in the uh, today's talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, that was uh, as you said, uh, excellent and uh, expected, as we have many times praised Space Alert. I was uh, I played uh, Fantasy Realms uh, one week ago. Fantasy Realms is a card game from uh, two thousand seventeen. Uh, you have uh, it. It's a deck of cards. Every, get, everybody gets seven cards. You you're trying to get the most uh, points in the end of the of the game. Uh, you draw from the deck in your turn, or you get one from the discarded cards that you have in front of you, uh, and then you discard a card face up. The game ends when the tenth card is discarded. So it's a a really quick game. It takes like, uh, I don't know, 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, The funny thing is that you are getting all these different, you know, leaders and artifacts and things that you need to combine. And you're getting more uh, points depending on the combination you are trying to to accomplish. Uh, And... When I played this game, I have played this, I think, so far seven hundred or eight, nine times, something like that, and I was, wow. I was, always feeling that it depends a lot on luck. I mean, your the the cards dealt to you make it a huge difference. So in the last game we played, uh, we I I get a very nice. Uh, uh, seven cards in the beginning. So at the end of the game, what you're doing in this game is you add the base strength, the the number on on the card. You apply any bonuses that the card describes and any penalties. There are also penalties. So usually uh, the high cards uh, have more penalties in order to balance with uh, the smaller uh, value cards. So in my game, I begin with three high cards and one card that its value is zero, but removes all penalties. So I have, these are the perfect four cards combination and I have it already in my hand. Mm-hmm. I, also, I also have the sword that, uh, I don't remember, is the sword of something that uh, becomes a 50, 50 points, which is like huge, if combined with the belt of something. And a leader, so in the first turn of the first round, Vicky discards the belt of whatever. So I take <laughs> it immediately from the <laughs> from the table, and for the rest of the game, I only need one more uh, dealer. Uh, sorry, leader, to have the perfect combination. So the the other guys are just playing; they're trying to do their best. I'm just drawing to get a leader because nobody is discarding a leader at some point in the last round somebody discards a leader I get him I get another 50 points from uh, the leader another 50 points from the belt another 50 points from the uh, whatever sword was that and I end up with 207 points which is a record for this game nobody (laughs) has done this before and I was thinking I mean I did nothing (laughs) <laughs> it's it's it was at the same time amazing but in the whole game I was just drawing to find the leader I couldn't find the leader and I just it happened to have to somebody to discard the leader in the in the last uh, round so it's a it's a nice game I mean I like the idea behind it that okay you can uh, everybody can combine different things that and you know each card has a penalty and each card has a different bonus, different combinations can happen. But it's uh, based too much, I feel, to the hand deal to you in the beginning. Uh, So, I don't know. I mean, the the weight of the game uh, in uh, BGG is 1.8 out of 5. And uh, I had fun playing it uh, it I, doesn't sound like you do. I, I feel I mean <laughs> I, had fun, I had fun watching the other people uh, being destroyed by my 207 points I guess not by playing it <laughs>
0: I was gonna say it sounds like you wanted to tell that story to tell us how much you won the game <laughs> yes exactly this is what I wanted to do uh, because otherwise, yeah, I wouldn't
1: buy this game or suggest somebody to buy it, but it's it's a nice filler. I mean, if you have like 10, 20 minutes and uh, as a filler, yeah, I, I can see me playing it again.
0: What's interesting is it's, it's designed by, the only other like famous game the designer has done is Betrayal at House on the Hill. He was one of the co-designers on that
1: one. Which is the, this is the is, po- Polish game,
0: uh, no. No, no, no. It, it's uh Betrayal at House on the Hill uh, AK has it uh you don't play it you'll hate it but basically you're going into this uh, you're playing these different scenarios at one of you at some point is going to get switched over to be possessed or haunted or whatever and then become villain essentially and turn on everybody else and every scenario you play is different it's a very cool concept it's just uh not a very good game <laughs> well, wait anyway, yeah. I don't want to pe- some people adore this game uh, and I and again I'm trying to be better so I'm <laughs> not gonna make objective statements but personally I felt like that game is is not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay let, let's say it's not
1: okay I'm not sure if if our listeners are aligned to our views or Definitely not. Because <laughs> I was thinking maybe you're listening to something to hear something from people that they have some uh, similar taste to you. Or are you listening to, to people that, you know, you just don't, want to hear their opinion?
0: I suppose it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for a podcast or, or content to decide what to purchase, then you would look for people that have similar opinions to you. But I already purchased too much. So the last thing I need is content influencing me so I literally just pick my content based on if I like their characters like if I if I like listening to them joke around or whatever i'll I'll listen to it it's kind of like spending time so if I'm cooking on a Malone or whatever I'll put on a podcast feels like friends are around her or- okay but let's let's put it this way if our listeners
1: let's say you have listeners in uh, in your living room so uh, they cannot speak to you but they can listen to you so you would say to them yeah don't buy this don't buy the this game; it, it's not good.
0: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Like, <laughs> no, it's like no, because it depends who is next. So, like, I have a I have a group that prefers more thematic games. I would recommend *Betrayal at House on the Hill* for them because for them the theme is the most important thing, and it carries it. And if you like that theme, if you like horror themes, like say AK does, it's a it's it's one of the best games out there, right? Because every time you play, you don't know what the unique. Uh, there's so many possible things that could happen in that game that cause, I can't remember what it's called. I played so long ago, the haunting or whatever, uh, that you don't know what's going to happen. So you don't know who's going yeah, to turn... Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't know yourself that you're going to betray everybody when you start
1: that Yeah, game. like I didn't like Mansions of Madness, but it's like one of the best games of this zone. Yeah, but, but,
0: but even Mansions is compared to... <laughs> compared to Betrayal House in the Hill, Mansions is a masterclass in design. <laughs> you know what I mean? Betrayal like, <laughs> okay. House in the Hill is as is a merit mer- trash as they come, you know? So uh, you do have to consider, but for me, no. like <laughs> I'm not playing that game ever. All right, then. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that's fantasy realms apparently. That's what we talked about. <laughs> it's fantasy realms. So weirdly and coincidentally, we both sort of played two versions of the same game in the last month without planning it or anything. Two versions? I thought we played are... the same game. No, we did not. Oh. there are games that are so far outside our usual um choice or fair game fairs Randa. game fair whatever that it had to be fate that and destiny that aligned <laughs> us together to both have friends who made us play this game <laughs> the last one which i'm sure is what happened to you i haven't spoken to you about it but i'm pretty sure you didn't say i want to go play nemesis so you're wrong you played nemesis I'm 100% right. You are wrong, You actually. <laughs> you you said you wanted to play Nemesis?
1: Yes, not only that. I asked if somebody has Nemesis or other, otherwise I was What's willing to buy it? it. And Safe uh, told me, oh, I have Nemesis. So I can bring it. And I said, please Why? bring it. I, I, because it's uh, one of the games in uh, BGC Top 100 that I have oh not played. And I was willing to, to give it a shot because it's... A, concept that I like. It's a co game with the one traitor, you know, like Battlestar Galactica I was thinking. Not necessarily a traitor. Yeah, but this is what I was getting yeah. from...
0: So, we we didn't play Nemesis. We played Nemesis Lockdown, which is the new version, but as far as I can tell, the majority of mechanisms are the same, the majority of gameplay is the same. There are some differences, which is something we can highlight if we care enough to talk about the design of the game. But um, I wanted to make this more of a conversation, like not me or you, since we both played the game. Um, You know, the basic idea of the game is you're in some sort of location, a spaceship, I believe, for Nemesis, and on Nemesis Lockdown, a scientific facility on Mars, I think. And um, there's some sort of alien breach or alien attack in that facility. You play one of the characters you can be, you know, the janitor, the soldier, the, the hacker, whatever. And you're basically just trying to, you have you have personalized goals and you have to achieve those goals and escape. Um, now, this is an interesting thing. So I wanted to talk to you because I don't know much about the base game of Nemesis. But what was, how did, how could you win in your game of Nemesis? What was, what was like the overall win condition? Of your game so you're getting two objectives in the beginning of the game yes
1: and uh, when you have uh, when the team has the, the first encounter with the uh, alien then mm-hmm. you choose one of the two yes that's you, the same and you discard the other and yes. the options uh, usually are uh, uh, I will be the only survivor or this player needs to uh, to die yes. so, so or, my question
0: is, is is that the only thing you need to do to win the game of Nemesis? Uh, I believe yes. Okay, so this is one of the coolest things about Nemesis Lockdown that I love. You have the exact same thing. You get two missions, and you got to pick one of them when the first encounter with an alien happens. Now, there is also something called the Contingency Plan. So the company that... Um, has created this facility, they have some sort of contingency plan in play. So they have decided either that if an alien attacks, they're either going to rescue survivors, blow up the place, uh, only allow, close the gates, open the gates to bring survivors, only bring uh, people that have sent a signal so that they know that they're not contaminated, um, only bring people that are in these like uh, cargo pods, Everybody else, the whole thing is getting blown up. But you don't know what it is. So the contingency plan is secret on the board. It's a token. And all of you know one thing that it's not. So you all get one contingency plan. So you have to deduce over time what the contingency plan of the company is. So not only do you have to survive your mission or or do your mission, whatever the card you picked is, be the only survivor escape with a friend um, whatever it is you also have to make sure you're in the right place to get rescued all the, you all the things you said induction. are different yeah. objectives in, in nemesis
1: I mean one can have the objective, one can have the objective to uh, send the ship to Mars instead of going to Earth so he should go to the pilot room and change the coordinates. The other guy might have an ob- uh, an object objective to send a signal to Earth. The other yeah. guy might have a, the objective to blow up the ship.
0: Yeah. So so so, so they seem to have combined the two. So yeah. you have to do whatever your mission is, which could be something like that, like collect seven alien samples or something yeah. like that, or and also be in the right place because you could end up succeeding, but then you go to try to escape with the rover and they never pick you up. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very cool. That was one of my favorite concepts in the game was this contingency deduction thing. Um, I thought it was super cool. But you
1: you, you can deduct that only uh,
0: with conversation, with discussion with the other players. No, no, no. You can, you can get more tokens to rule out things oh. and you can do things where you can see other people's tokens. So basically over time, your interactions with people can cause you to at least narrow it down enough that, you know, okay, I so have the, a good chance so the other people have tokens. take the rover, I'll be, yes, you all have a token that rules something out. And the one token that's the contingency is face down on the board. So, yeah.
1: okay. So the token is irrelevant to your goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 it, it tells you what it's not, what the contingency is not. So you got to, re- basically there's like five or six contingencies and you have to figure out what it is. Um, but so you could accomplish your goal and just kind of pray that the way that you escape is the right way to escape, which I love, uh, which is very interesting because in our game, nobody won. <laughs> Everyone died.
1: In, in, in our game, also nobody won. <laughs> but I, but I was the only one that uh, I survived.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I, I want to tell you the cool stories of how they ended, but I'll tell that you guys at the end. I want to go over a little more stuff that I like. I like the uh, the noise thing. I'm sure that's also a nemesis. Yes. Where if you go through an area, you make noise, and if you make enough noise, it attracts an alien, basically. And also, different sections of the facility would have power or not have power and that would change over time and that was very interesting as well trying to manipulate you know why would you ever want to go deeper into the facility when the escape route is is towards the surface but you know maybe there's no power where you're at you know um but overall there are several things in the game basically here's my overall thoughts on this game great concepts stupid implementation like, I think this game could have gone through several rounds of, of production, of development, before it came out. It just felt like they had these awesome ideas, and just kind of said, that's good enough that we have a cool idea. And rather than trying to make it as smooth. and. So, so an example of that, and to me, I don't know if this is the same in Nemesis, but this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Variable alien health. Right. So when you attack an alien, you draw a card to show you what the life of that alien is. Maybe that life is four, and you've done two damage to the guy. All right, you put your two damage, the alien's life is four. The next time you attack that same alien, who hasn't gone anywhere, he's in the room with you, you draw another card to see what his life is now. Yeah, everything you said So, so far is exactly the same in Nemesis. So his life could now be six. Or two, and he's already dead. That is unnecessary. (laughs) I'm okay with variable, like you draw a card to see what their life is, but then just stick to that. There's no reason. Yeah, but it it gives you a feeling of, you know, a horror film where
1: you are stabbing the murderer, but you don't know if the next stab will be enough to kill him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I read online as well. (laughs) And it sounds like people trying to make excuses for the game they like. That's what it sounds like to me.
1: Um, uh, I mean, it makes it unpredictable. No. no. So they they, uh, they preferred theme
0: over. Uh, uh, and that's okay. Strategy, I That's guess. okay, but but I don't see even the thematic, like even if you're you're killing somebody, yeah, but like you know that if your knife damage is hurting them or not, right? Like in this case, I could have done two damage, pulled a four next time i attack it i don't get any hits but i i pull that the life is two so what they just roll over and die like it doesn't <laughs> it's, it's strange. it doesn't make any sense like even objective and the problem is it's too many variables because it's not like your damage is predictable it's dice based right so you're rolling dice damage and then you hit but you don't know if your hits are gonna kill the thing like I mean- It's too much. It's too much randomness. It's two steps of variability that don't need to
1: exist. It's interesting what you
0: said that yeah,
1: I mean the game can can take more
0: development
1: because the uh, the quantity of rules in this game is amazing. It's it's there are so many so many rules for a co op game.
0: It's it's one of the it's one of the points I wrote, actually. This game desperately needs a player aid. Right, because every room has a unique action. Yes, every phase needs a description, but they don't. You don't have any of that. So every time we were like, "What does this room do again?" and then Chris would have to pull out a rule book, and then find what that room. That's what, what that we were doing and,
1: also. Yeah,
0: it, and no safe, who's the the owner of the game? Uh, we
1: went there, and he said, "Okay, basically this happens in this game. We're gonna start play, and I'll explain the rules as we play." Yeah, that's almost what happened to us. And I was thinking, I mean, this is not the way to play a game because we don't know where to go, what to do. (laughs) Well, you want it thematic, right? That's pretty thematic. (laughs) After one hour, I I turn to save and I say, you were right. There's no point of explaining every single room and what, I mean. No, no, there's no No, you just need to explain the basics and then as you explore and then for the next time, you know, uh, the game uh,
0: a a little bit more. One of the things Chris, I was. Want... And, and Chris, the owner, sorry, he, he also wanted to. Because I, I was writing my notes, because I died pretty early. <laughs> so I was writing my notes about what I thought about the game. And Chris wanted me to mention th- it is a bit of a beast of a rule book. So, like, it's yeah. not a simple rule book to get through.
1: So, There's, it's so many rules. It's not like it's complicated, but there are so many rules.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, one... no, it's not
1: complicated at all. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that uh, I would like to add in. Uh, uh the uh, mechanism that I liked is that actually it's not a really a, a, a um, an innovative mechanism or something, but it's really thematic. The little wounds that you accumulate every time the monster yeah. beats you, uh, you are literally bleeding to death drop by drop. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is what, I, this is what I'm feeling. And when you, and you know, from the beginning that if you get three serious, uh, 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 what, what, do they call them? Uh, not bites. Three serious injuries. Serious I, injuries, yeah. Yeah, if you get the three serious injuries, then you're dead. And, yeah. yeah, same. <laughs> and you are feeling, you know, literally drop by drop your blood on the floor of the spaceship. And like two rounds before the, the end of the game, everybody was okay. And in the last round... Everybody died.
0: Yeah. So that's an interesting point to bring up, which is another of my big negatives, but also kind of required for this kind of game. There is player elimination. You could die yeah. very early into the game, which I did. After I died, the game went on for another two and a half or three hours. Like Oh, you yeah, died so early. I died super well. It was a combination of being a little suicidal. I, I I wasn't the biggest fan of the game. So I was kind of like, I'm just going to stay and fight the guy. And everyone's like, no, run away. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay and fight the guy. <laughs> I'm a big guy. I can I kinda, do this. <laughs> I kind of wanted it to be over. So it, I'm not blaming the game for my early death, but there is player elimination early in the game. So um, on that topic, the game ends when everyone either escapes or dies. So potentially, and this happened in our game, you can end up with just one person playing. So at the end of the game, only one person was either hadn't died or escaped. Really? And so we were all just sitting around the table and Chris was playing the game by himself. Um, <laughs> that's really strange, no. There's two parts to that. One, that's weird, right? And two, it's still kind of fun to watch, though. <laughs> like It's so thematic. That you're watching and you're like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? It's kind of like watching a that's movie, true. right? So at least there's that. The thematic makes up. But I think and if, that's if how you die, if you die first,
1: yeah. then you uh, you are becoming an alien, and you are playing for the aliens or something like that. So
0: there's there's a there's a mini expansion in the game that you can use, and that ex- mini expansion is to to put that in where you become an alien and then oh, you. I being, thought it the rules. Not, it's not core rules. It's like a. It's like a additional way to add to the game and we and chris wanted to actually play with a rule where you could take the remains right the carcass and take them to the bio lab or whatever and you could bring them back to life they can't win the game anymore but keep playing and i was like no 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 no. (laughs) do not bring me back to life i do not (laughs) want to keep playing this game and that kind of like narrows down yes exactly where i feel about this game it's got incredible theme but they sacrifice good game decisions for the theme. And so that can tell you where you fall, right? Like if you are just about the theme and making sure it's as as cool as possible, it's there. Yeah. But if you want to also have a good time while enjoying the theme as a game, make fun decisions and so on, it's not, right? And in that way, it just feels like a typical Kickstarter where it uses theme and component quality and throws in more and more and more stuff to make up for... A design that's not really very clever. Um, that's except an excel- for the contingencies. I like the uh, contingencies yeah, part. That was an excellent <laughs> summary. Uh, yeah.
1: Let Let me say. Let me tell you the what happened in our game, where my objective was uh, uh, what was it? Survive alone, or the second card, escape to Earth with at least one more player.
0: That was mine! Really? My, my Mine was called Best Buddies Forever or something. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah was that, that was the name. Escape to Earth with a friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Not uh, to so Earth, Escape
1: the Facility. So, but, so yeah. obviously, I discarded the Survival Loan card and I kept yes, this, I did Escape the same. to Earth with somebody else. Yep, uh, one, round, one round before the before the end of the game, every everyone was thinking uh, uh, he's going to make it. In the last round, all four people Die, except me. I escape <laughs> to Earth, and I don't alone. win. I alone, and I don't win because I didn't
0: pick the. That's amazing.
1: The right. I mean, if I have picked the the other objective,
0: I would have won. Yeah, the, I think both me and you did the same thing, which is we overestimated the chances of survival because I also picked. Escape with a friend. Yeah. And and, and
1: the other funny thing was that other people also had this uh, objective to survive alone. Or uh, they actually, they had this uh, uh, objective to survive and somebody, any uh, specific other players should uh, not survive. So they mm, were yes. they were trying to make the other player die because we were playing the game for the first time. We didn't realize that you Don't need to do anything, everybody's gonna no, don't done. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to actually to do you just wait and see other people die. So, what and I that, liked about my objective, yeah. and what I liked, what the objective did to me to in order to experience the game and have fun is that I was helping other people during the game. I actually helped another person with his objective, he wanted to collect some samples. So I gave him a sample so he could come with me. I was waiting for him. He came, but he couldn't make it. So I was seeing him from the uh, room next to him dying, but, and I couldn't do anything to help. So I had just had... Yeah. I mean, so it, it built a story in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed, No, that's really cool. And, and actually, we, we had similar things. Like So so my death kind of sucked, because I was like kind of over the game. But I was basically like, my thing is to escape with a friend. I'm going to gamble that I can take the rover out of here. So I just stayed at the entrance of the facility. (laughs) And I was like, whenever they accomplished their thing, I was the hacker too, so I could do a bunch of stuff on the computer. So I didn't need to go so far. So I was like, I'm just going to stay here. And then when someone comes to escape, we're going to escape together. Um, And that was a terrible idea because we lost power in that area. And I basically got murdered by an alien very early on although it was kind of self-inflicted, but we had some cool story. So the first one to get all his stuff done, Matt, he had everything he needed, right? He had sent the signal. He had, um he had got all, he, he was at the level that he needed to be scientifically. And then he's just walking in. Sorry, he hadn't sent the signal yet. The last thing he needs to do is send the signal. So he just walks into the signal room. All he's got to do is send the signal and then escape. And, He makes some noise, and then we draw out of the bag to see what kind of alien shows up. And it's the queen. (laughs) (laughs) And the queen is this monstrous creature whose life you have to draw two cards to determine their life and, like, whacks you really hard, basically. And And she does some serious... Yeah, and for the well,
1: listeners, that... and for the listeners, the Queen's uh, mini is like three times taller than a- every other mini
0: in the <laughs> it's game. Not a mini, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a maxi. But <laughs> the idea is, she hits him. He gets a serious wound. So he decides he has this way that he can get out of the encounter without taking another, you know, attack. So he basically escapes. And then we happen to draw like, what do the aliens do that turn? And it was like. The queen follows you, oh my <laughs> basically, God. is what oh, happened. No. So the queen followed him into the next room. The point is, he was brutally murdered towards the end of the game when he had basically accomplished his mission, and that was hilarious. But my favorite thing in the whole game was the last two left were Dima and Chris, right? And Chris has done his mission. He just needs to get out. They're not 100% sure how to get out, but they decide they're going to take the rover and leave through the gates Dima can do has done most of her mission but the last part of her mission she can't do because that place is infested with aliens so she's like okay (laughs) here's my choices here I could um try to do this or I can go take the rover and leave without having done my mission and oh. leave Chris in the facility <laughs> to tell. Her. Why? So Dima, Dima goes to the. Because <laughs> if she's not winning, nobody is. That's how Dima is. Oh my so God. So she goes to the facility to take the rover. And this is the best part of all this. Chris reaches the room that Dima is in and taking the rover from. And Diva just drives off with the rover away. Waiting... <laughs> Waving oh. in the sky. Dima is a villain. <laughs> Stuck and drives off knowing that the company is going to kill her basically because she hasn't accomplished her goal. So Dima escapes without accomplishing her goal. And she leaves Chris, who has accomplished his goal and has no way to escape the facility. And we were all just like, oh my God, Dima. Like Dima would rather see the world burn than have anyone else beat her at a game. Oh my, I was feeling
1: the opposite. I was feeling that if I couldn't accomplish my mission, I would help at least, you know, uh, well, no, not at least, any other player, uh, if I had the chance to for him to accomplish the mission and uh, survive. I was, thinking, I, I was thinking it more as a co-op rather than a
0: competitive game. Yeah, well, you sound like you're a nice person. <laughs> Uh, I, I like, you, I like had, your wife. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone in our group had that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so anyway yeah. so I've already kind of given you my final thoughts on it, which is you know, it could have used some development. It's kind of uses theme and, and, and components as a way to make up for a lack of development and design. But there are great stories that come out of it. And even though I died, I kind of enjoyed sometimes watching the rest of the game play out. I would leave the table and come back. But when I would come back, I had a good enough time that it wasn't the worst thing in the world. So I, you know, if if that sounds like something you'd like to do, go for it. For me, it's not on my play again list. But I know Dima would like to. She would like to play again. She said she would. Um, so, you know, and she's not a thematic gamer. So She likes Euros and heavy games more than anything. But she liked it enough, so take that for what you will. You know, I, I, we're not trying to tell you like buy it or don't buy it, but we are trying to tell you you might like this. But if this is something you're looking for, you might not find it in this game. So, um, what are your final thoughts on it? So
1: Nemesis really reminded me of Battlestar Galactica. So it was a, as you said, a great story, a great experience. Uh, it's funny that I agree. I it's not my play to gain list but I would advise everybody to play it at least once. So I don't see a lot of replayability, but at the same time, I think it's uh, it's an excellent experience, like just for once.
0: Yeah, and like when I lost, I was feeling super negative, but then I, when I went to post the picture on Instagram, follows on Instagram at Tabletop Sessions, I was putting my thoughts down and I realized they were pretty positive, right? Like. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's you not really fun. a yeah, game, fun game, but I had fun exactly. And, that's and you died like
1: two and a half hours before the end of the game. That's, uh, <laughs> that's uh, unbelievable.
0: It was a good time. Uh, so yeah, so that's Nemesis and Nemesis Lockdown. Continuing with the idea of space, because you know my mind was in space, as you know, because of the Twilight Imperium thing. I I was meeting with my other group, the one that plays heavier games, heavier, and I one of them had recently bought uh, on Mars by Vita Cerda, so I was just like, Hey, I kind of feel like playing space games. So, um, this could have been the all space episode, by the way, if you didn't ruin it with fantasy realms. Just by the way, yeah, uh, I hope you feel terrible about that. Uh, well, I didn't so, know about it. I could have talked about
1: shipwreck arcana. This
0: is that's like not a, in space,
1: <laughs> isn't it? It's
0: a space it's a ship. ship, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a space shipwreck. No. It's like a water ship. It's like a ship. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> On Mars is a game from Vital Lacerda uh, by Eagle Griffin Games design, uh, with the um, graphic design and art by Ian O'Toole. I think it came out in 2020. And I've only ever played one other Vital Lacerda game, which is Kanban. And uh, so f- from, a, from a complexity level, they rated this more complex than Kanban on VGG, and that's completely, I think, not true. Like, I just think maybe On Mars got more popular, so more people who don't know how heavy Vitaliserta games are bought it, and they were like, "Wow, this is super heavy." But I, but from having learnt Kanban and learned On Mars, On Mars follows a much more simple to understand uh, rhythm, and it's uh, it's more about you take certain kinds of actions to build certain kinds of buildings, upgrade those buildings, build complexes. And then based on what you build, you score points in different ways. Um, Kanban, whilst, it, you know, the, maybe there's less stuff happening, it's much harder to wrap your head around. I, I feel, again, this is all subjective because uh, it's hard to know where to start with Kanban. Like everything feeds into something else. There's no obvious starting point. Whereas you can come up with obvious starting points on Mars, build a building or... Uh, get a blueprint or hire a scientist, you know with with Kanban, it's like I have no idea where to start understanding this game from because everything needs you to understand something else to explain it. So um, so in terms of complexity, I do feel that Kanban is more complex or it was for me. My brain had a hard time with it. So even though it says it's more complex on BGG, if that has been turning you away, don't let it. It's I don't I don't think it's as complex as Kanban. Um, and uh, you can pretty much get your head around it in about 40 minutes or so, of if you watch a video or something. Um, overall, the, the idea of the game is you're colonizing Mars. So you're building buildings, you're getting blueprints, scientists, you're developing the buildings to be more advanced buildings. You're building complexes, which is m- multiple of the same buildings next to each other. Um, this whole time, you're basically moving by shuttle between the colony on Mars and like the space station in, in orbit. And based on where you are, you can do different actions. So in the space station, you can do more science stuff. When you come on to Mars, you can do more construction stuff. And then based on what you do, you develop the level of the colony. And as the level of the colony develops, different the, the game progresses, like phases progress. Um, it had a lot of nice, interesting decisions to make. And it's a very good, solid Euro, a very good Euro. But not to bury the lead, it's not a game that stayed with me. Like, I didn't think about it. What is the goal of the game? To get the most points. (laughs) (laughs) But overall, you're you're developing Mars. You're developing Mars, basically. Um, Is there an interaction? there is interaction because you, you can build buildings to connect to other buildings that other people have. There's actually quite a bit of interaction, That's, which is actually the next point I wanted to say. It is interactive. Um, you, can, you need other people to build buildings, but also to build complexes of certain sizes, you have to have the technology to build that size. But you don't have to have it yourself. Somebody else can have that technology. And they get a benefit from you using that technology. But if somebody develops water building technology to four, you can develop a level four size water complex by just using their tech without having to do it. So if they know you're willing, waiting to do that, they can intentionally withhold development of that technology so that you're not able to build that large water complex that you've been building up towards. So there is quite a bit of interactivity. Isn't there a tech tree? It's a, it's sort of a tech tree you get tech that you put on your board and you have levels to it so you can develop how how much okay. how the level of that technology over time um so overall the game is not something that I thought about much afterwards right like it didn't stick with me but the one thing that did comes on that interactivity topic but it's also something that turned out we played wrongly <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't know what that says about it but basically Chang, was um he got that water tech and he, had, he intentionally kept it at level one and he withheld it and the entire game we were trying to develop two level complexes and we can't because you need it we, we, we thought we thought you needed it to be at level two to develop a two-level complex and he was withholding it at level one throughout the entire game which stopped the development of the colony as a whole which meant that new tech stuff wasn't coming out for us to make up for For what he did. So he he was holding water development hostage. Why didn't anybody else uh, develop the technology? Well, there there was only one of each tech, right? But but when the colony level goes to the next level, uh, which we needed that water to be developed for it to do that, you get new tech. And that can include, and does include, another water technology. So he held the whole game hostage. But it turns out that... um, you only need the level to be equal to how many buildings you're connecting to. So to do a level two, you only needed to be at level one, which it was. But regardless of that, we thought it was hilarious. It was like a mob mentality approach (laughs) to the colonization of Mars. And we had a lot of fun joking about how Nestle made it to Mars trying to own (laughs) all the water. (laughs) But afterwards, it turned out it was wrong. So he couldn't hold the game hostage. The other guy I was playing with, uh, Alistair, that's when he got kind of pulled out of the game and didn't enjoy it. When when he felt that um, uh, Cheng was holding the game hostage and reducing the number of possible actions we could do and the new things that came out. And it turns out he was right. That's not how the game is designed. So I can't criticize that. But I loved that about it i loved that chen could oh hold the game God. hostage so i kind of liked the things that wasn't meant to be part of the game but alistair felt the way the designer meant for you to feel so you know so the one thing you liked
1: in the game was not in the game <laughs> i didn't say it was the one <laughs> thing i liked it was the thing
0: i liked the most in the game <laughs> so another thing is ian o'toole did a great job with like the layout and the design uh for such a complex game i feel like you did a great job and actually it made me want to try the new version of kanban ev which yeah, is you know tool graphic yes. design because i feel like i feel like that could make it I clearer i feel that, like his graphic yeah. design does a very good job so the point and the thing about the game is also it's kind of point salad in the sense that everything kind of gives you points at the end of the game but not sometimes what you think would give you points, right? So the first big bunch of points I got was from building a building of, of a certain kind. And I was like, okay, I'll just build more buildings. But you only get points for the first building of that kind that's built in the game. So then I built it again. I was like, oh, right. I don't get anything from this. So So again, it has that Kanban thing where you're not sure where your points are coming from. This is not a criticism. I'm just... I just want to point it out. I actually think it's very interesting that it's not obvious. So even though you basically get points from everything, sometimes it's not the thing you would think you would get points from. So keep that in mind. And, so, and because of that, I imagine the game is better with multiple plays. I've only played it once. So um, I would play it again, but I'm not going to be the one asking to play it. Right. I think Vital Lacerda Ooh. makes very, very good games. <laughs> excellently designed games but my brain the way it's wired doesn't work with those games so whilst i'm happy to play them i never crave playing them and i think that's important you know the same thing happened with madeira which is not a vital certa game but it kind of feels like a vital certa game uh it, it it has that thing where you guys loved it but i never really wanted to get it to the table so if i had another option i took it but if you guys wanted to and we were only playing one game that night i would and i'd probably have a good time it, and that's how i feel about madeira which isn't vital but i felt that way about kanban and i feel that way about on mars so it isn't the most exciting review in the world it's funny you're saying be, that because i mean i remember you
1: you liked trajan right which is a point salad yes uh, and i didn't like it, and I don't like uh, this guys' games in general. What what's his name? The Stefan Feld. Feld games, most of them are like uh, point salads. I don't yes. like also Vitala Zelda games except Kanban, and I liked Madeira for some reason that I don't know. I, Madeira isn't him. Madeira is the guys who did Panamax, but um, yeah, what, but it's still like it's it's not thematic and it has so many rules and it's a point salad, yeah. so. what what to like in this game i don't know why
0: i liked it well it wasn't the point salad thing that made me not like it like i i didn't i didn't have a problem with the point salad thing and again i couldn't tell you i didn't like the game like I, i i did but i wasn't excited about it like i was excited going into it and then right after it i didn't think about it at all and i haven't thought about it since
1: right and yeah so that's important
0: yeah. For me, it's the most important. It's how I know if a game was good. Yeah. So like Nemesis, in the game I could criticize many things. But afterward, I thought about it for like a day or two. And so that boosted it. With this game, I can't criticize very much in the game. It's a very well-designed game. Exactly. But I didn't think about it at all, so that lowered yeah. it a bit in my estimation. Exactly. That's, that's That's what I was going it, to say, that
1: your reviews are making everybody excited to try nemesis and not excited to, to try on mars even if it's probably a exactly. better game
0: <laughs> and it is the better game and that's the funny thing about all this is there it's more interesting decisions by far and on mars it's it, 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 it's one of those that gets in your head and you're like oh my god what should i do what's the best action what can i do and from what i can do what's the best thing and it gives you some flexibility you're never fully trapped you know if an action is taken up, you can use it, it'll just cost you more, you know, stuff like that. Very good, very clever. And deciding that you want to use the actions on one side of the board, the colony side, and then being like, okay, now I need to go work on science, so I need to go into orbit. Well, that means I can't do I can't do any colony actions like building and stuff for a while until I until I come back down with the shuttle. So it's very cool, very interesting. If you like Vitaliserta games, it's probably one you would like i i liked it enough that if cheng is like hey you guys want to come over and play on mars i'd say yeah but if cheng was like what do you guys want to play i wouldn't say on mars i hope that tells you where my head is at
1: with the okay game. i have a, a question if he says you can come by but you're not allowed to eat anything so there's no pizza this night
0: would you go for on? <laughs> No, I wouldn't go to anyone <laughs> if we're not allowed to have snacks. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, there are games that you could go even without pizza, right? No, let me make it very clear. <laughs> the reason I like Dungeons and Dragons and the reason I like board games instead of video games is because I get to hang out with people and drink and have snacks and talk. That's, <laughs> that's the that's entire all- <laughs> reason I like board games. Like, if you take that away, I, gotta, I don't want to play board games. I need to games.
1: avoid the I pizza, can't. not everything, anyway. So I mean,
0: if we could still have snacks and drinks, yeah, like
1: <laughs> okay. yeah. that. So about the weight, I see now in, the, in BGG the weight is four point sixty seven out of five. No way! No way! So I'm gonna guess that the the reason the weight is so high is because the strategy wise is a complicated game. It's not a, it's
0: not complicated rules. That's true, and, and it is. But for example, Virgin Queen is a four point four, and on Mars is a four point six seven, and I think. The reason is not because of strategy-wise; it's because of depth-wise. It's because of audience-wise. Yeah. People who are picking up Virgin Queen are, are the ones that have played Here I Stand and Path to Glory, Path of yeah. Glory. Whereas people that pick up on Mars or maybe people that play Terraforming Mars, yeah, exactly, I mean, like, exactly. They're not expecting it to. be I, that I
1: quality. wanted to say to, to do this comment before when you said that it's uh, higher than Kanban. That this is the reason it, that probably this is because it's a, it's a most popular theme. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the most popular game.
0: Okay, excellent. Uh, On Mars. Excellent. So, yeah, so that's On Mars by Vitala Serda. And now we're no longer in space. We're going to be returning down to Earth. And where have we landed? In Greece, because it's time for the (laughs) Hippocratic Corner. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hippocratic Corner. I have a comment to make that I was thinking during this month that it shouldn't be the Hippocratic Corner. It should be, it shouldn't be named the Hippocratic Corner anymore because I feel that now it's a it's a basic part of the structure of the podcast. So it might be the Hippocratic Living Room, maybe. Or
0: oh, I, so your problem is not the Hippocratic part; it's the corner. The part. corner, yeah. It's
1: not like it used to be a corner, like a small part. But now it's we like we can't, we
0: can't do, we can't do that, <laughs> be, Because when when I when I made the, the our board game geek guild, check out link in our description. Please join our board game geek guild. Um, <laughs> when I put up our our pictures as the host, I called you Hippo the Corner. No stop you. <laughs> So that's it. I'm not redoing that image. So uh, it's called The Hippocratic Corner.
1: Anyway, so welcome to The Hippocratic Corner slash living room. (laughs) for this week's top five, the topic is top five campaign games.
0: Man, I really... I, I hated you for this one. Yeah, I
1: hated myself when I was thinking about this. I had
0: I had the opposite problem. Like last time we did components, I had like thirty. I'm not a campaign game guy, so like when I give you mine, it's gonna to be top five campaign games by a guy who doesn't play campaign games. I hope that's helpful. It, <laughs> it's it's helpful. It's
1: honest. It's the best thing. You, we can do actually not you can do we can do because I was thinking I would love to love campaign games but they don't work they do not work not in our group because yeah exactly it depends on the group yeah, yeah because exactly. campaign games need consistency of players yes. and in our lives it's very hard to accomplish that and smaller collections <laughs> is one thing maybe maybe that too <laughs> And you need to convince people to play the same game, basically again and again. I mean, yeah, it's it's basically when we talk about a campaign game, it's basically the same game with some yeah. different, you know, uh, twists. So, so what was your
0: criteria for this one?
1: Uh, no criteria for this
0: one. You can. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you had, can. I, I had some. I had some. <laughs> Um, but not as many as, cause again, I'm not, so for it to be a campaign game, some element of a previous game has to impact the next game. So that oh. could be result, that could be continued story, that could be adjusted difficulty based on the result. So it wasn't necessarily like had to be called a campaign game, but some element of a previous game has to affect this game. But since you that added the adjusted not, difficulty,
1: then even the scenarios...
0: In space eleven, no, that was makes my it next camp- one <laughs> it cannot be a scenario based game. So things like Mage Knight, Renegade, like games where you're like, Oh, I'm playing the you know, this scenario today. No, it's that's a scenario, that's not a campaign. All right. And this one I had to do it has to be a board game, not a role playing game. Because otherwise Dungeons and Dragons, Savage World, Genesis. Uh, that, World's that's Drive. a good one, like, yeah. Those are much for me, those are the best form of campaign game, so they would have been top of my list. So, um, so yeah, I also came up with the guesses of your top five. Ipo. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I've written now, them down here. <laughs> I'm afraid you're gonna like find all five. I'm not. I'm not gonna guess them, but I will tell you if I got each one right or if I got wrong. I promise to be honest and not lie. But based on you saying scenario, I feel like I might have got. Some wrong, so except maybe one, I was sure you would try to shoehorn this one in. But anyway, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, about I think I think you can find all five of them. Anyway, I just so what for what's your for, honorable mention?
1: For our, <laughs> no, for our I don't have honor uh, honorable mentions. Uh, in the no. end, in the end, uh, maybe or maybe even now, I can mention the games that I considered for this top five. And they didn't make it for the top five for uh, different reasons. Uh, no, no, do it in the end then, because then that will... Yeah, let, let's right do it now. in the end so it will be more exciting. I, I have
0: one honorable mention, which would have made my list, but the expansion, the, the, the campaign part comes from an expansion. So the, if you buy the base game, there is no expansion to it. There is no campaign to it, and that's too many bones. Oh, that's legitimate so, for me. Well, not for me. So I'm putting it as an honorable mention. Too Many Bones would be on my top five, for sure. It would be number three. Um, But you need the Age of Tyranny expansion. Otherwise, it's scenario-based, not campaign-based. Okay, so Age of Tyranny,
1: is it in your top
0: five? Well, Too Many Bones with Age of Tyranny wouldn't be my number three, yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, But it isn't, so it's my honorable mention.
1: So part of Number my, five. <laughs> part of my uh, prologue that uh, I would love to love uh, campaign games is that I have three games right now standing in my bookshelf and I have not played them. <laughs> uh, and those are pandemic Legacy season 2, mm-hmm. Sleeping Gods, and mm-hmm. this war
0: of mine. Oh, Those are, Sleeping Gods and This War of Mine are two of my guesses of your top five. Uh, This War of Mine I have
1: played only once. So I cannot consider it of playing again. I love it. I would like to play it So
0: I got got two wrong so far. Uh,
1: Sleeping Gods, I didn't play it yet because uh, my family betrayed me. They told (laughs) me that if I buy they would play with me. Nobody cares anymore. And they don't listen to this podcast, so they will never know.
2: Oh
1: my God. Anyway, okay, so let's go through to my top five. My number five is Dead of Winter. So, oh, I didn't have that one. So this is the scenario-based game that...
0: That makes sense.
1: ...that has exactly 10 scenarios. And we were trying to... Uh, you know uh, get all of them it's actually not in a sequence where number 10 is harder than number one i i think number eight was like the hardest like but i played it uh, a lot of times uh, with lena as a two-player co-op game we had an excellent time each scenario was different uh of course it, we're talking about the same game. I mean, it was different, but like uh, you just needed to accomplish a different goal. The rules were uh, the same, but we loved the theme. We loved the gameplay. It was so nice uh, visiting different uh, uh, Locations in the game and sensing of the deck of these locations. Each location has a different deck. Like the in the pharmacy store, you can find more medicine. Basically, the, sorry for the people that don't know the game. It's a, a game where zombies are have attacked the earth and uh, you are trying to survive. And you are tra- so you you are going out during the night. You go to the pharmacy store to find some uh, medicine. You go to the Grocery store to find food. You go to the police station to find some uh, weapons and ammunition. So it's very thematic. It's yeah. it's it's great. I love it. One of, it's one of the worst games I've ever played. It's my <laughs> number five. I convinced a friend of mine here. He Duarte bought it, and uh, I need to play the game.
0: I'm pretty sure if you, there's one, there's an expansion that makes it a campaign. By the way, I don't know because I don't spend any time thinking about this game, but. That might be the case. All right. So, again, please pay attention to mine as a top five campaign games for a person who doesn't play campaign games. Because you guys, the next uh, couple might be a little... All right. So, my number five is a two-player game. Small box game by Osprey Games. Called The Ravens of Trisahashri. Do you what? know this game,
1: Ipo? No. <laughs> I have never heard of this game.
0: Not only I, I don't know it. Okay. So, The Ravens of Three Sash is a two-player game. One player is playing Ren, and one player is playing... Oh, I can't remember their names. So, the, one player is Ren, and Ren is this girl who's been through trauma, and her mind has been broken. And the the other player plays... I, I think it's Fez or something. I can't, I can't remember his name. Um he is a psychic and he is basically going into her mind to try to fix her mind but to, to, to try to repair her so she can keep going and in the game basically uh, Ren knows what these cards are which are like a poem that will help bring her back and then uh, the other guy the psychic is playing creating something called the Atman which is like images overlaid on top of each other which create these memories recreate these memories and then the ren player when a raven comes it eats some of these memories and it makes it harder for you to accomplish it so you have to keep the ravens away while using these memories to reconstruct her memories in this poem of her heart uh to help cure her and um it's a beautiful game and it is a um unique game and when you when you win the first time which by the way took us like six tries you open an envelope and it changes certain things in the game and the next time you play it, you play it with these rules and there's multiple envelopes in the game so it does have a campaign mode built into it where by succeeding you make the game more difficult you make it change and it's it's not the same thing over and over again this is one of Dima and I's favorite two-player games um, I I love it. It's a small game, fits in your pocket, and it's gorgeous. Um, three Sahasrī basically means um, three tri- the, the trillion universes. It's a concept in in Buddhism, and um, it's just oh. a lovely thing. And it challenges your brain in a different way because there's like a spatial reasoning part of it, but there's also like adding numbers to have the correct syllables to create this poem. But also there's like the part of keeping away the ravens. And the thematic element of the ravens of Thriceahashri, the ravens of the trillion universes, eating away at her memories. Ah, oh, it's just so beautiful, and that's my number five campaign game, The Ravens of Thriceahashri. Excellent uh, choice. I, as I
1: see, like the the art is uh, classic uh, uh, anime, uh, manga, whatever. Yeah,
0: I suppose you could call it that. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Um, yeah. So and, uh, I can't. I, I wish I could remember his name. It's Ren and it starts with an F. I remember that Fet, Fen, Fez, something like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how the game works.
1: Okay, so now my my number four is holding on the troubled life of Bill Kerr. I so, forgot about that one. I should have put that on your list. Shit. <laughs> so this is a game uh as you say unique game it's a co-op game where uh all players were exercising palliative care to build care who is a guy that uh, has uh, is in his li- uh, latest uh, moments of his life and uh, he's not remembering many of his uh, uh life and every time we're offering the, the care to him. We, we're extracting some of his memories and we we get the puzzle of his life, basically. So as you play the game, you're trying to keep him alive, but at the same time, you unravel the the history of his life. So the concept is amazing. I love the art. The gameplay is the weakest point of the game of the game I think it's like a repetitive uh, thing where there are certain things you can do Uh, uh, each player I think every night is uh, a different player every night is responsible for the uh, care of uh, the patient but the story that comes out is very interesting Uh, and I love the concept I love the uh, the game and I also liked very much the designer who we met in Essen yeah, in 2018 Essen,
0: yeah. yeah no it's excellent uh, very good choice um, I, I forgot about it it wouldn't have made my top 5 but it would have been top 10 somewhere so um, that's Holding On The Troubled Life of Billy Kerr that's a game that's a lot like The Ravens of Thrizash right so um, yeah, yes. In You're the right. theme, right? You're reconstructing memories and they're becoming clearer. Uh, I do think the even of the Three Doshies is a little, the gameplay is a little more clever, which is why it's up there, but I completely think that's a great choice. And I, I didn't pick that one because for you, but I forgot about it, but that would have made it on. That would have made it on. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know your, your next three I got to get right. <laughs> oh, so we'll, we'll see. So my number four is another small game. Uh, it's, it's a co-op uh, campaign game called The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine. Oh. And it's a trick-taking game, co-op, uh, with limited communication. But there is a campaign you can go through with m- b- harder and harder difficulties, different goals of what you have to accomplish. It's not much of a story. That's not what a... This wasn't best stories. It was best campaigns. And it is a game you could knock out in a couple nights. You could get through the whole campaign and if you just have 2 3 people you can you can go through the whole game and it's very good even at two players it's an excellent game although BGG does say it's not recommended at two i really enjoyed it at two and it's great at 3 and at 4 so um it's basically it's a trick taking game where every scenario has a different like difficulty or a different winning goal and you're trying to accomplish it based on cooperative trick playing so you're playing tricks someone's going to win the trick but there has to be a certain order to whoever is winning the trick so you have to communicate without verbally talking about it there is a limited communication factor in the game where you can place a token on a card to communicate something like this is the highest i have of this number or this is the only card i have of this color or whatever um stuff like that and i really really enjoy playing it and it is a campaign game, technically speaking. So uh, The Crew, for Planet 9, is my number four. So I want to
1: say I have played The Crew many times. It's an excellent game. Uh, it has this uniqueness of being a cooperative trick-taking game. I mean, I don't yes. know any other cooperative trick I don't think I know any other cooperative I don't trick-taking either. game. It's it's excellent, but there's no theme like at all. Zero. <laughs> so this is why it didn't make it to my top five
0: fair enough but I did check on BGG and under family it says mechanism campaign games so <laughs> Where, it's a I mean, campaign yeah, game no no I mean it,
1: like it's like the mind also it's a campaign game that's true <laughs> kind of yeah. if that was the case that would have been my number one <laughs> damn it
0: why didn't I think of the mind
1: so <laughs> so far we have only picked cooperative games which I guess it's- that's true it makes sense for kind of the deal, yeah, for campaign the game. games. Yes, but indeed. the next one of mine, it's not a cooperative game. It's because my number three is The King's Dilemma. I thought that wouldn't make it because you were kind of like yeah, on it. But still, it's really better than Dead of Winter or Holding on the Troubled Life of Billy Care. Because as you said, we're not experts on this.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> a good thing you picked we're, that as our top five. We're
1: not... Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. Yeah, so our listeners need to know that, that since we don't really play a lot of these games, we have a limited capacity of. Uh, it was a very strange you made game. Yeah, I mean, that's on me. I, I take it on me. But still, King's Dilemma. We explained it a lot in our last uh, episode. It's great time with friends. It's not cop, and. I believe it's the only not cop in my top yeah. five. Uh, you were making choices. There is a story. Uh, all of the players are uh, in the king's uh, council, and uh, we're representing families, and uh, we have different goals and objectives. And the fun about this is that you draw a card. There is a dilemma every time, and you need to make a choice. Uh, which probably you're making it according to your secret uh, objective. So it's funny because you need to convince the other people to uh, do absurd f- things like, uh, yeah, it makes sense that we should sacrifice people in our kingdom. It's <laughs> it's an old tradition of ours that uh, it was forgotten for a long time, but uh I think the old ones, they knew what they were doing. So uh, why not? (laughs) So you're saying things like that. You cannot say it without smiling or without
0: laughing. And uh, it brings a lot of fun to the table. Yeah. And for to listen to more about it, check out our last episode where we talked about King's Dilemma in detail. And uh, yeah, you got me excited to try it for sure. I'm kind of keen on the Queen's Dilemma. If I can get the right group for it that are interested in doing it i might try the yes, dilemma for sure which is interesting because you means it means one of the three that i picked for you as your top three isn't there and i think i know which one and you might kick yourself when you realize you could have picked it <laughs> we'll keep going my number three is also non-cooperative and i played no play. the whole campaign from beginning to end and i had a great time Cloud Age by Alexander Fister really? and Arnold Steinwender. I so Alexander Pfister is did. the guy who did Mombasa. He did uh, Great Western Trail, Isle of Sky. Great designer. We can all agree on that. When did you um, play
1: Cloud Age? I didn't know you, you played Cloud
0: Age. We need to do an episode. Demon and I played it during COVID. We played the whole oh. campaign during COVID. Yeah. Um, and I kept it. Because I like the game enough that I would love to play it with you guys when you come over for for a game. Um, it's not like Mombasa or, or Great Western. Dri- it isn't that complicated. It's a game where you're, you know, the world is covered in this horrible dust, probably from pollution or lack of water or something. It's all in there. The story's in there. I forgot Dystopia. Yeah, you live in these like airships, like these dirigibles and you're going from place to place and there is a story that's happening where this guy has researched this thing and this other company these these like readers or don't want you to do this and it's a very cool story I don't want to ruin the story for you and it actually has an impact on how you play cuz when you're playing the game every game you're like okay I start from here I have to get to here What's the route I'm going to take? I'm going to upgrade my airship, my speed, my weapons, my efficiency. I'm going to play cards into my tableau, which give me all sorts of different benefits. Like it's a good tableau building game. And uh, Dima and I basically, I think that we basically won like about half the games each. And like in the end, it came down to a tiebreaker at the end of the campaign to see who would win, which I did, by the way. Uh, But that wouldn't (laughs) have affected whether I liked the campaign or not. I really enjoyed it and as you play the campaign more elements of the game get introduced to it so you learn all the complexities of the game it's really good it's really cool you come across you know villains or, or like scenarios that you have to like go through combat but combat is deterministic you know you you already know if you're going to win that combat or not there is a an element of risk taking that you can choose to do if you want to risk it But you can always go into combat knowing you're going to win if you prepare enough for it. So it gives you the choice of whether or not to to risk anything. You're managing energy, electricity and your ship. You're managing power. You're managing elements. And you're managing your crew. And it's really fun. It's a really good game. I highly recommend it. It's a Euro game with a pick-up-and-deliver element to it a racing element to it, a tableau building element to it. And it's not very complicated. Even on BGG, it's a 2.8 out of 5. But it's a good design. And you can get through the campaign. You know, it's 8 to 10 ge- I can't remember how many games. because I think it's 8 games. Um, you can get through the campaign. And uh, it's really great. You're building a deck over time. You're re- managing resources. You're building an engine. And it looks great. And if you like... Apocalypse stuff and dirigible airship Zeppelin stuff as a theme, which I, I, I really do. Um, it's it's really fun. It, and, you know, I, I I just think it's great. It has great table presence, and I've kept it because I can't wait to get it to the table with more players, even though Dima and I played through the entire campaign. And that's my number three, Cloud Age by Alexander Fester.
1: That's an excellent... Uh, so, I mean, I have... Uh, I don't know the game, but I have seen it many times. I... I I have it in my want to playlist. When you come over, we'll
0: play it. Alexander Pfister. I think that, that, that list has gotten too big at this point. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the the that list of things we need to play when you come over.
1: So, going to num- number two, I don't think it will be a surprise that it's uh, a legacy game and probably the first legacy, actually not not the first, maybe the second legacy game. Pandemic Legacy Season 1. I got one.
0: Yeah!
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm not sure if this is such a good game or my experience with it was such amazing and shocking experience because it was the first Legacy game I have ever played in my life and for most of the people it was in 2015 and I played it as a two-player co-op again with Lena. It's a legacy game, which means that after every uh, session, you uh, get new rules, new stickers on the board, uh, cities are leaving the map, uh, things are changing, Rules, new rules are coming. And everything was shocking and exciting, and it was so much fun playing this game. Uh, I will never forget the experience. Uh, If you have ever played Pandemic, uh, you should... If you like Pandemic, you should definitely play Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. Again, the problem is that you need uh, the same group of players to play the game for uh, at least 12 sessions. I think uh, we played like 18 sessions with Lena. Uh, and this is uh, a recurring theme here, that uh, the games like Dead of Winter I have played with Lena Pandemic Legacy was literally King's Dilemma. We couldn't finish it, so yeah, that's again, that's the problem. We we I cannot have the a group of people like four people uh, consistent, yeah. uh, uh, but still, Pandemic Legacy. It's a suggestion. I th- I think it's number three in the. It's a good pick. Top hundred of board game geek. Pandemic Legacy Season One.
0: I did play Pandemic Legacy with four, but uh, so the farther I get away from Pandemic Legacy, the the better it raises in my head, right? Like when I was close, when I just finished it, I was like, or we had just finished playing uh, the game, the games, we, I was like, oh, this is like for me, like a four out of 10, right? But as time has gone by, I've matched it with my rating for Pandemic, which is like a six out of 10, because basically it's just Pandemic, right? You're going to play a lot of games, 12 games plus of Pandemic. And that's fine. The problem with it is the same problem pandemic has which is it is easily falling victim to a uh quarterback player so a player that tells you what to do the problem with thing with pandemic is when you're done with the game you're done with the game you don't have to keep playing but with this one you're stuck in a campaign and the guy's going to keep telling you what to do every game and we had a quarterback player in our game and that kind of took away from the experience from us but um, was that quarterback you it was ricardo (laughs) So, and he knows this, like, oh but, but Byron and I both felt like he was quarterbacking a lot of the games and like, it's fine for pandemic. Cause it's an hour long, 40 minutes long and you're done. But when you're trying to play a campaign of 12 plus games, you know, you don't want to keep going back to it and you kind of get like, you dread playing it. Cause you don't want to be, you know, you, you want to make your own interesting decisions. I I'm, that's the reason I don't like co-op games. And it was just like a repeat exercise in that, you know, but I can see the, I I respect the game a lot. And I've basically matched it and maybe give it a little bit more credit than pandemic itself, maybe like half a point more credit, because it is pandemic plus, right? So did you finish um, the campaign? I think we got to like uh October or something. And yeah. then we stopped. So yeah. But like we got like the big surprise and everything. So it's uh, you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> um I, I can respect it, is what I'm saying. And, and if you were enjoying it playing with Lena, you had to spend time with your wife, that's that's even cooler so yeah and i did yeah. get that one so i'm, no, I'm one I, for uh, I, I got mean, one it, of your five it's so. a
1: co you always need the right group of people to in order yeah. to enjoy it imagine also play replaying re, re the same uh, with the same group of people that uh, you don't match for a cop game so
0: my number two is kind of like it, it, it's valid but i think you should have thought of it too oh right so my number two Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, Jack the Ripper, and West End Adventures. It, It qualifies in two ways. One, in that second version of the game, Jack the Ripper and West End Adventures, there is a literal campaign in the game that spans four missions, right? But other than that, all Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective... You use the same world as you go forward. So, you use like newspapers from previous cases are still valid in, in later cases because they, they, they are persistent and happened in your world. You can come across characters that you've come across in previous characters. Um, characters that you repeat, repeatedly go to will mention things that happened in previous cases. So, you don't need the same group for it, but it does add some thematic edge to have that. And for the Jack the Ripper four case campaign, you do, you should use the same group because it is one case that's been expanded over four cases. So Sherlock Holmes Killing Detective, we talked a lot about it. It is the best deduction detective game there is. It is the best thematic game in terms of story writing and storytelling. And it is the most lived in world of any board game there is because you can come across people that have nothing to do with the case that just exist in this universe. And it's fantastic. It's phenomenal. You have to like reading. It helps if you like drinking because then you can sit on the couch and drink a lot and keep playing the game. But Jack the Ripper and West End Adventures, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, is my number two best campaign game ever. Okay. uh,
1: Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite games. So the reason that it's not in this list, uh, it's uh, a conscious a decision not to be in this list because i realized that i love escape room games and uh mystery games uh so much that i could make a top 5 out of them fair enough so fair enough. i was thinking that maybe we could we could make a different top 5 on them but of course it's very legit to to have it there
0: yeah but, but most of those aren't and for me if it was if there put- it
1: would have been number 1 Okay. Yeah, I know that. So I don't know why it's number <laughs> two in yours. That's
0: very interesting now. Well, I'll tell you why. Because we'll the campaign element isn't oh. as strong as my number okay. one. Like, as a game, it is a better game. Exactly. Like, yeah. Barely. Barely, by the way. My number one is an excellent game. But, uh, but you know, as a campaign, I would, I would have to say the other one's a better campaign. Um, but yeah, it is, to oh. me, a legitimate campaign game. And I recommend it. So.
1: Yeah. So it was in my other games considered list. Like like uh, also Detective City of Angels, which is also an amazing game.
0: I thought of that one, but that one felt more scenario-based.
1: Really? I thought that there was some uh, links between its... Uh,
0: there, there are links, but, but like having that campaign in the Jack the Ripper and West End Adventures version... Kind of put it over the top oh, right? Yeah. it made it feel like okay that's a real campaign game but but yeah detective city of angels also has the existing world where characters exist between cases and by my criteria that should have made it and honestly i kind of regret not putting it on there it didn't make my short list i just kind of removed it because i felt like i was really stretching the definition of a campaign <laughs> between the two of them so okay yeah. I just i just realized what is the your number one I know Uh, yours. Can I guess?
1: Yes. Seventh continent. So my number one is seventh continent. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, it is. Uh, Actually, I played it as solo. There's a a huge discussion between uh, okay, what's the difference between a solo game and a two-player game. Let's not stick to that. Let's stick to the the thing that is a huge continent that waits for you to explore. Discover it. And it's the, the the amount of cards in this game is like it's a, I don't know it's like a, a four five kilos game made of cards that the these cards are making the map of the seventh continent. So every time you are uh, taking a decision to move from your uh, square card, you are getting you are getting to a new location and you draw a new card from the from the deck of like I don't know like 800 cards or something that in the end they uh, make the seventh continent so the idea itself that I can go wherever I want to go and yeah. and this thing is huge is really only comparable with video games I think
0: yeah uh, no it's amazing. I, I, it's, a, it was on my short list. And I think thematically, there is no better campaign game. And I think that it was by far the game I was most excited for that I backed on Kickstarter, waited two years for it. Um, but I was so excited for Seventh Continent. And I think as far as like exploring the continent, I don't think it disappointed. I think it was, it was very good. But I don't want to, criticize it it's your it's your number one so go ahead (laughs) no
1: i mean you can criticize it Uh, the the other good thing about this game is that they have this excellent mechanism of uh, accumulating uh, resources and things that can be combined to make better tools that you can use in the game Uh, i have seen the same mechanism or maybe maybe a basic uh, 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 prototype of this mechanism in Robinson Crusoe, which was Mm -hmm. the first, I think. uh, And I also consider Robinson Crusoe for this top five, which was also an excellent game where you can combine different tools and make new tools. Uh, So the game has like five different goals. They are called curses that you need to uh, lift from yourself and you need to search the seventh continent to uh, to find the, uh, the cure for these curses, and uh, it's, uh, again, it uh, unravels a story as you explore the continent, and... Uh, yeah. It's... I so, think it's the so only my- solo game that uh, I have enjoyed so much. I don't remember any other... I'm, I'm not very much of a solo
0: player. So, like, thematically i have no criticism I, I guess the reason it's not on mine because you know it, you're, if i if i say it's that good why isn't it the gameplay for me was not it was not it like i didn't like how much you had to spend time going through the stacks of cards looking for <laughs> cards I, I didn't like the weird star system to to see if you accomplish challenges and Oh I, didn't no, like I love that, that, that. Your, your life was. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying. Am, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm and I And I, I didn't like the um, the your life is your like the life your your deck being your life thing your stamina. Uh oh, There's that, another game that does that a lot better, I think. Uh, but but. um one game? Like, I, we'll see. It's my number one. So. <laughs> so, so when you, when you when you look at it, <laughs> it just feels like. um I wish, like, I've had the craving recently to buy Seventh Continent again. And I'm like, but you don't enjoy the gameplay. It's like, I enjoy unraveling the map and exploring, but I don't enjoy the gameplay. So, you know, that that's my fundamental. And I, I got some good stuff. I traded it for some, some two really good games. I got I got Antiquity and oh, Time yeah. of Crisis for it. Yeah, a- excellent trade. yeah. Uh, um,
1: so I can tell you what I don't like in Seventh Continent. I played it twice uh and uh, actually the third time I finished the game. The problem is when I played it after the uh, when I died the second time, I realized that in order to start from the beginning, I need like 8 hours. Oh my god. To get yeah, to reach the same uh, place or something like that.
0: So so it's like the problem we had with uh time. time- Time, time yeah. stories, time stories, but yes. like exponentially larger.
1: Yes, of course. The, the other great thing about this game is, as you like cartography, you're actually applying cartography as you're <laughs> playing. Yeah, it's so, very cool. Yeah. So I love that. I mean, I have uh, printed the Excel sheets with, uh, you know, squares where I was writing what is in its location. So every time it, you might need to go to the same place, but you are doing it more efficiently. Uh, sure. But yes, the third time, I mean, I finished the, the curses and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna play it again. And <laughs> I have the now I have the expansion, and I have yeah. not I have not opened it. I am I, I, I mean I'm uh, scared of the
0: volume. Of, of new information coming from I cannot story. I cannot critique it like <laughs> despite my criticism it's still something that occasionally attracts my eye still even though I played it a bunch of times and so great great number one well, well done um, mine I think you said it under your breath at that point <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so, actually sorry. the same game in two different forms can't really split them gloomhaven slash frost Haven. uh oh. I don't even know if I need to say anymore. more. Oh, no, <laughs> it's have to, the best. You need to pick one, it's... though. No, I don't. <laughs> they're, they're the same game, the same mechanism. Okay, Frosthaven. Um, oh, I made, you ma- I made you say it. <laughs> <laughs> because you know why? Because it's Gloomhaven in the snow. <laughs> Which is better. Uh, yeah, but um, basically, you all know how to play Frost. I, I talked about it for ages. I'm not going to do it again. But it has an incredible campaign with a storybook and a scenario book. And there are persistent things that happen along the entire thing. You follow multiple storylines. There are side quests, you know. Um, Is it a bear to to deal with? Yes, it is. That's a negative. And if it wasn't so fiddly, it would be my favorite game ever. Like, (laughs) that's the negative against it, right? But the combat system is a lot of fun. It's It's deterministic you should understand how things work so you kind of know what's happening but there's a slight element of luck in the game and uh overall i really love the game i love that the world continues to exist i love that your characters retire and when they retire huge things happen and you have these goals that you want to work towards and i love that you take on a new character who's existing in this world which has a town record of the accomplishments of your last character you know And it's just, it's the penultimate, it's the ultimate, not penultimate. It's the (laughs) ultimate campaign game. And even if someone has played a bunch of campaigns, I think they would also recommend Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. But even someone who hasn't loves Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. It's fiddly as all get out. It has some weird choices in design, but it is phenomenal. It's beautiful. And even though it's fantasy, it isn't um, predictable generic fantasy. The races are unique. The world is unique. Um, the villains are unique. And I just really love and appreciate it. And I'm glad that I've got to play both. And I'm grateful to it for existing. Gloomhaven Frosthaven is the best campaign <laughs> game ever made.
1: Even if it is a bear, it's a bear in the snow. So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always better than bears that are not in the
0: snow. Yeah. So if
1: you're not Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio, you're okay with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so my my predictions for your top five were, pandemic legacy season one seventh continent, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective, sleeping gods this war of mine. That's what I guessed. This top five is actually better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: you said, it's probably. I mean, I have not played sleeping gods, uh,
0: but it's probably a better top five than mine. Uh, if we could include, if we could include uh, scenario games, my number one would have been Mage Knight. Um. Wow. And, and then, yeah. And I'd have also put Renegade in there. I really like Renegade. Uh, mm. Unless we could also include D and D, then that might have been number one. I don't know. The point is, it doesn't include those. <laughs> so that's don't yeah, No, my no we cannot include D and D. Then it it becomes yeah. a
1: different monster.
0: Yeah, I'd be like number one D and D, number two Savage Worlds. <laughs>
1: So I want to mention the other games I considered for this uh, top five, which was Time Stories, which is a bad game. So When I say considered, (laughs) I mean I considered, oh, that was a campaign game. That's really a campaign game. Yeah, I don't play it. Uh, Oath. But Oath, you can actually have different players in every scenario and you can play it like once a year and nobody cares that they don't remember what happened before. <laughs> but in theory, it is a campaign. Space Alert, but you said it's not because it's scenario. And it's, yeah, it's scenario-based, right? And I, yeah, and the, the basic difference is only the actually the, uh, the difficulty between the scenarios. Uh, exactly. Then the crime games, Detective Modern Crime, Sherlock Holmes, a Consulting Detective, Chronicles okay. of Crime is also yeah. a great game for me. Detective City of Angels, amazing. My my favorite of that group, for sure. Robinson Crusoe, I thought about. I it, thought about Robinson Crusoe, but, but again, scenario. And I prefer the Seventh Continent. I consider the Mind and the
0: Crew, <laughs> as. Uh, but I again, don't know the, how you can consider the Mind though. The is, Mind, you're playing levels, but that's all one game, right? You're not the, taking was, that information and moving to the next game. So it's not really. What in the crew? In the crew, what's the difference? The crew, like, you can just play scenario one, two, and three, and then stop. That's three games. And then tomorrow you can play four or five. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not. Uh, so it's scenarios where
1: mind is a campaign. No,
0: you... the mind is levels. So in the mind, Ooh. you've reached level eight. And then you stop. You can't play till level four today, and then continue. You would be playing the same game over two days. It's only so difficulty di-
1: difference, yes. So it's a level. Yeah. Uh, I consider Gloom Heaven, but I only played it once. So yes. the same reason that I, I was not considering this War of Mine, uh, no Mansions of Madness, and Eldritch Horror. I have Eldritch played her. Is not a
0: campaign <laughs> game. Come on. What do you mean? It's not in any way a campaign game. You cannot play it over multiple sessions. No, we did. I played it like
1: 15 times with... Not 15, maybe 10, 12 with Lena. Yeah, but every
0: every time it was a different game. It's a different scenario. Are you talking about Eldritch Horror or Mansions of Madness? Eldritch Horror. No, Eldritch Horror is not scenarios. Eldritch Horror is a different villain. Like, you're playing a different bad guy. But it's the same game. You play... You play the same characters. You can switch them around. I can be Lily Cheng this time. You can be Lily Cheng next time. Like, how is that a campaign? I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> I don't remember it like that. I mean, I have played the okay. game like ten years ago. I remember okay. I, we were playing it like we were having fun. I was playing it again with Lena. We were having fun, and when we finished, we said, "Okay, that was a bad game." <laughs>
0: But we really got I, I have some amazing it. memories in Eldritch Horror. But when you finish, you're 100 sure that you played a terrible game. Yeah, it's like but watching reality TV. <laughs> it's like it's like Nemesis, really, right? No, like no, 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 Nemesis is really better. Right? <laughs> I, I I really. What do
1: you think comparing Nemesis with Battlestar Galactica?
0: I like BSG more, but uh, I I think BSG it has more of the a- Avalon thing happening, right? Like, but we um, we know the
1: the story of Battlestar Galactica, so maybe that affects also. Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe. Uh, I do love Battlestar Galactica, but I don't think that's the reason. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we should try Unfathomable, which is the new Cthulhu version of it, and see if we like it just no, as much. No way. Nope, not happening. <laughs> <yet>. Okay, cool. <laughs> just thought I'd throw it out there as a potential. <laughs> Okay, so
1: this was our top 5s. We we're sure you're gonna appreciate our effort. We sweat on them. <laughs> uh, please don't forget to let us know what your top 5 campaign games are over at our Board Game Geek Guild, and you can find the link to that in our episode description. <laughs> I'm not gonna say well, it, I'm gonna
0: keep more. I'm gonna keep those two words there until you say it one episode. <laughs> I say you morons again. I it was
1: like it was. Fun. It's fun if you do it once. Then it's uh, yeah. Something. It was
0: funny in the moment. Yeah, but yeah. me threatening you with it so one day you accidentally say it is terrific. We we hope that day will come in the next fifty episodes. <laughs> All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Tabletop Sessions. Join the conversation. Share a fun story of board game shenaniganism. Let us know what your top five was this month over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. We also started a YouTube channel where you can listen to the podcasts and you can watch some gaming sessions. So far, there's only solo stuff on there, but I am planning on setting up some sort of tabletop sessions does uh, tabletop simulator thing soon. Uh, We'll be back in a month. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it. You've got to be kind. Say bye, people. Bye, guys. That's it. it hours, They, they
1: table, just table, gotta bye, top, guys, top, after they listen to us table, top, for two top, hours. Top, bye, ladies top, and gentlemen. Tabletop. Table really top, top, staying so long. Table with table uh, We Table, you enjoyed top, top, matches, uh, Table We the,
0: definitely did not enjoy it as much as we did. Two hours. <laughs> It's too much. It's too
2: much.